Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow. Welcome to a brand new series of Tech Interviews. This is the first show of 2021. And of course, like with all first podcast shows of, of any year, uh, you take the opportunity to look forward a little bit. Um, and so that's exactly what we're going to be doing here. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the data storage industry and try and take a look at some of the trends and direction that that industry is taking. Um, and so to do that, we're actually basing it on an event I was lucky enough to be a delegate at a couple of weeks ago, uh, Storage Field Day, Storage Field Day 21. Um, and so what I thought I'd do is I'd catch up with some of my fellow delegates from the event uh, and just get their views of what they thought of the vendors who presented, uh, what they thought some of the common themes were, and some of their ideas about what we might see as kind of common themes as, as we go throughout the year. So um, anyway, without further ado on this first show of the year, um, why don't I introduce my three guests? Uh, so rather than me telling you who they all are, they can probably do that themselves. Um, so uh, Barry, let's uh, let's start with you. Thank you very much, Paul. Yeah, so as you said, uh, my name is Barry Coombs. I'm co-owner um, and chief technologist at a UK-based consultancy and reseller called Computer World Systems Limited. Um, I've been around the, the tech industry for, for a little while now, mainly attached with VMware and then everything that kind of came out from that. These days doing lots more Microsoft technologies. I think this was my second storage field day, but my fifth field day experience of it all. So uh, yeah, no, honoured to be part of it. You can find me on Twitter at VirtualizedReal. Yeah, and uh, I'm Jason Collier, so I'm a, a serial entrepreneur. I've been done uh, uh, three venture-backed startups uh, in my career. Last one was Scale Computing, which was actually uh, sitting on the other side uh, of the table when it came to the uh, tech field days. Uh, we have done, uh, at Scale, we did multiple tech field days. This is actually my second tech field day that I have done uh, sitting on the analyst side of the table. Um, the scale is still doing great. They're, they're, they're a uh, strong company, uh, uh, in the space of hyperconvergence. Uh, I was actually one of the, I was one of the three people that came up with the word hyperconvergence, uh, back in the day. So that's, uh, uh, you know, kind of one of my claim to fame. I still got no royalty payments out of that, by the way. Um, so uh, now I'm I'm kind of sitting on the other side, and I'm an analyst over at uh, uh, GigaOM, and also just you know highly involved in the in the community. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bocanuts. Not that I tweet a lot, but hey, it's uh, it, it's over there. So uh, uh, really enjoying it. And thanks, Paul, for uh, for having me uh, having me on the uh, the podcast. And Jason, before our third guest introduced himself, we won't hold it against you that you introduced yet another term to the technology industry. So, um, you know, th thanks for that. At least um, it wasn't so, a uh, letter yeah. acronym. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hey, so our third guest, Max. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Max Mortilaro. I'm co-owner and analyst at Tech Unplugged. You can find me on Twitter at Dark Avenger with two Ks. And uh, as uh, I think Jason or Paul was saying before uh, we started that, I'm the uh, the veteran here in terms of uh, field appearances. At least, I don't know if in quality, but at least in quantity, I'm over 22 or 24 plus, something like that. 
my Max, you don't look old enough to have attended so many field days. Um, so for um, so so for people actually who are not familiar with field day, I mean we've talked about this idea of storage field day, and, and Barry talked about some of the other field day events that they run. Um, maybe as the the veteran of the group, Max, do you want to kind of um, for those who are not familiar with with the platform, talk a little bit about what storage field day is? Um, you know what 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 they what they do and why what they look to achieve. Absolutely. So uh, I'll try to uh, to resume that somehow because uh, I'm not the best expert at explaining this kind of things. But in essence, uh, tech field day and storage field day events, they have a lot of, let's say, variation based on the uh, the audience and the, t- the type of industry in IT. Uh, what, they, what tech field day does is that they bring vendors on one side and delegates, which are kind of experts in that field of industry. For example, in the case of storage, you'll have storage vendors which are going to present their technology. They're going to present, for example, the, a brand new product or a new release or go, going to do a deep dive of, about something. And then the delegates are going to kind of uh, ask them questions, interact with them. Sometimes they're going to call them out, you know, so it's pretty interactive. And the great thing about that is that it's streamed live and the videos are recorded. So you can always get back to that. Personally, if I can say one thing about Field Day, it's a really a treasure trove of information. It is the place where I go whenever I need to kind of deep dive on something, you know, even more than looking at uh, white papers or documentation. Yeah, and I think um, so. I mean, thanks for that, Max. Yeah, I think I think that's a great introduction to what what Field Day is about. Um, and actually, something that you mentioned there, which I think is really important with this kind of stuff, is that all of those presentations are left there as a resource via um, Gestalt IT and, and the Field Day um, Field Day YouTube site. So you can kind of go in there. And, and I always find them a really useful learning resource as well. You know, the ability to, if I'm looking at a new vendor in, in any kind of topic, you know, it's not just, uh, as Barry kind of hinted at, it's not just storage that, that have field day events as networking field days, cloud field days, um, new new kind of AI field days. So if you're looking at any of those kind of industries, it's a great way to find out what some of the vendors are doing in that space. So, um, but you know, the, the guys at field day have grown up enough to um, to do their own promotion. So we'll we'll stop doing that here. Um, so I, I kind of what I wanted to do uh, during the show is just to kind of get a feel for what you guys thought in terms of uh, general trends. You know, so we saw I think it was it was six presenters over over the three days. Um, uh, you know, and did, did you see any kind of common themes that you want to pick up on them? Um, who, who wants to pick that up first? I, I can uh, reflect. So, so I think the last storage field day that I took part in was in 2017, which is uh, many moons away in uh, the technology industry. And, and at the time, it was Dell, it was E8, it was a few of those other um, vendors uh, from um, from that perspective. But there was very much a focus on integration with VMware and 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 looking at how virtual machines could be better, more performant, and stuff like that. Now, I've, I've been taking part in many more field days remotely uh, over the last year. And, and if, if you're not doing Kubernetes, if you're not doing containers, then you're not cool. Um, if you're not doing cloud-based object storage, then you're not cool. Um, if you're not talking about kind of how you can get up to sub, well, it's, it's sub millisecond isn't even cool enough now kind of thing. It, it, it's all about trying to do more, quicker, faster with bigger workloads than ever before. So I think lots of these technologies have maybe moved on since that mid-market, an area that I spend quite a lot of time kind of thing, 
we're now kind of mid-market is going into the cloud, going into the as-a-service model. So it's now all about the, the enterprise customers that are trying to push the boundaries of how can we grow quicker, faster than ever before. And cloud-native technologies, again, if you're not using cloud native 100 times in your presentation, you're not cool. Um, that all these kind of things are what are driving the storage industry today um, on that consumption uh, from that perspective. So lots of cool vendors, but in terms of trends, Kubernetes, object-based storage, cloud object-based storage, and performance that if in 2017 you would have been talking about the performance we're talking about today people would have been thinking gosh you're on something why on earth do you need something performing that much um but today people are pushing those boundaries and delivering it so um so a, a load of good points there barry actually and i think that you, you make some some very good ones about uh, making sure you tick off the cool cool phrases as you do presentations um but i think you know partly some of the time some of the reason it sounds like that is because these are trends that are important to vendors um uh, so i thought maybe jason could come to you because you've done field days from the vendor side as well you know did, did you which was the things that barry were talking out were they kind of similar similar t- trends that resonated with you or did you see some different things one of the interesting things I saw, um, you know, fr- fr- from the vendors was there are a number of vendors that are actually kind of offering the tools that are allowing other vendors to create cool things. I mean, Intel is a prime example of that. Um, and, you know, what Intel uh, has done with basically the Optane series, I like Optane PMEM. There, there are multiple other vendors that kind of come out of that that, they're, they're using it. They're giving these tools, but it's almost like it's like they're giving them a paintbrush and they're saying, hey, artists, paint this next masterpiece. Right. And um, so so what they're doing, you know, with kind of Optane and, you know, PMIM as a prime example, you know, you got companies like Vast Data coming out of it. You got companies like Memverge that, 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 that are popping out there. Uh, you know, another interesting one we saw was uh, MinIO and, you know, what MinIO is doing. We saw a lot of those speaking of Kubernetes. Right. Uh, uh, there are a lot of other companies that basically are using MinIO as kind of a backbone for, uh, you know, creating these these kind of Kubernetes uh, uh, persistent storage uh, containers uh, within Kubernetes. I think that's that's pretty interesting. You know, it's like it always comes out to like, and how is the company going to make money off of that? Uh, that's always a, always, always a question for me, you know, coming from basically a startup and a vendor. Let me tell you one question investors always ask you. That's great. How are you going to make money from it? You know, this is never stuff that's actually said in public, but you know, in a boardroom, how are you going to make money from that? Right? So Intel's pretty obvious. They're going to sell hardware, right? Um, MinIO, how are they going to make money from it? I don't know. I mean, is it going to be is it going to be a kind of a red hat model where they're going to offer the support and services that are going to go along with that? You know, likely that's that's what's going to happen. Um, and then you know we saw other interesting you know kind of hardware uh, companies. Uh, you know, Plyops was another uh, you know example of how can you take an existing you know component that it, that that is in the marketplace and make it better, right? How can you add tools into that toolbox? to make what you do, you know, a better, a better solution. But, you know, it's not necessarily, I mean, I don't think, you know, Plyops is not going to be a household name, but it's going to be a household name with OEMs that are out there basically integrating it into their products. So I think that was um, one of the things that I saw was all of the interesting tools that are being created for other startups to actually go out there and make some really cool technologies. 
Yeah, probably. So, so, so you cover quite a lot there, Jason. And um, you know, and I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking, I'm now going to ask Max what his takeaways were, and thinking you've ticked off all the boxes. Um, so, <laughs> but you know, I think there's there's lots of interesting stuff there. And so, so Max, actually, so slightly different question for you then, perhaps. You know, so, mm-hmm. so you know, it, it, did you see any other trends in there um, that, that that Barry and Jason haven't mentioned? But I thought what was interesting about what they both talked about, and I'd be interested in your view in this, was they talked about how those those vendors are almost plugging gaps right now. So it's some of these kind of underlying technologies that are, you know, they're, they're making a name for themselves. They're trying to bring themselves to the fore to say, look at us as an underlining component that uh, people can build solutions on. Do you think one of the drivers for that is that at the moment, perhaps more than we've had for a while in the, the data storage space, there are gaps because of the the huge change, the huge shift in the way that we're consuming storage and the kind of performance and things that we need. So, sorry, he's probably quite thrown quite a lot of you there, but um, you know, have you got some thoughts on that? Well, you know, uh, I would say, and, and perhaps I'm totally wrong in my my here vision of, of those things, but I think that most of the uh, let's say I, I wouldn't see speci- specifically a gap. I think that there's already a lot of coverage for so many things, right? But it seems that some people are more looking, or some companies, they're looking at a problem. There's maybe a solution, and they're more looking at a way to improve that. It's like, and I think that's maybe one of the things Jason was saying before. They've found uh, a a problem. They've found a way that there's already a solution to that, and they're maybe digging a bit deeper in how can we improve that? How can we make that much much more efficient, you know? So that's that's what I would say. Uh, that's what I would say there uh, in terms of what I've seen. Otherwise, uh, sometimes it's kind of the opposite. Actually, sometimes you're looking at a solution, and you're you kind of you know looking at that thing. And you 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 wonder, okay, why? You know, it's it's kind of the opposite. Thankfully, we didn't see that. At, we didn't see that at Storage Fusion 21. But sometimes it's a solution in search of a problem. You know, so that's that, that's more that that kind of thought I would have. Yeah, I think I think the um, I think actually that phrase "solution" is part of a problem. Um, you know, a, 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 um, a, a colleague from the industry of mine that I'd, I'd met probably five or six years ago for the first time. One of the first things when we were having a conversation, one of the things he said was that one of the things he always judges a technology vendor by is actually that piece you've just said there, Max. Are they solving a real problem? You know, because in terms of presentation, it can look really interesting. But then when you think about it, you think, but does anybody actually have this issue? And and I suppose that comes back to something you were saying, Barry, as well, that, you know, sometimes some of the technologies that we see vendors talk about are are great if you're in the right space. But actually, if you spend a lot of your time working in the medium enterprise, for example, then a lot of those technologies don't necessarily make a lot of sense. Um, So. You know, actually, maybe Barry, I'll come to you on that. You know, was there was there some things that resonated more with you based on kind of your your day to day activity than than others, and and if they did, why? Yeah, definitely. I, I think I, I classify classify myself more on the ops side of DevOps kind of thing, and I think with a, the way a lot of these technologies are going with Kubernetes and things like that, you see a lot of demonstrations that are going, look at this amazing thing, and you see three lines of code coming out of a, a, a client kind of thing. And personally, I find that very difficult to connect with. That 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 isn't my world that isn't kind of what i live with but i can still appreciate the value and where that does sit in the market from 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 my knowledge um 
Now, there were some technologies that did resonate with me, even if they're, they're not necessarily mid-market, but I can see the problem that they are trying to, to solve, and I can still feel it from where I am. So things like Nasuni um, and having that global file system, understanding the user's pain, understanding the administrator's pain, and all the years we've been trying to deal with awful technologies like DFSR and things like that to try and get documents where they need to be at a certain place at a certain time, um, help with fantastic presenters from that company that were able to tell the story and the vision and and that 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 certainly really um connected with me um from that space i think it was really good from an intel perspective so i think uh, max and i were, were on the intel moment i can't remember jason if you were um on that as well um back yeah. in december and I quite enjoyed the, the conversations back in December from a geeky side of things, seeing how many IOPS we could do, how much latency, and, and what this cool component was. But I certainly didn't come away from it going, great, I could know how to use that. I was kind of thinking, cool, let me shove that in something and see what it could do kind of thing. But this time they were bringing that kind of, look, this is what they could do with this. And, and it kind of made you realize, whilst I'm not maybe connected with some of those worlds, I could then feel that. I could then go, actually, do you know what Intel are doing in the world now, in the space, in the technology to connect me with that problem? Um, and I suppose the the, the last one, um, um, well, no, there's, uh, there was um, MinIO, um, a, a very command line driven to start with, enabling great things in Kubernetes. I think I could connect with the raw nature of what they were trying to do. They weren't trying to bolt this whole other thing onto Kubernetes. It was, look, we, we're working in harmony with Kubernetes at the operator level and things like that. But then they brought it right up to my speed kind of thing. Look, day two operations, it's all well and good, all this command line stuff while it's the dev team going out there and doing it. But how is the operations team then going to be managing that? And they did bring up the conversation of VMware, and that fits for some people and not for other people. But I like these technologies that does kind of relate at the different levels. I was able to resonate with PlyOps because I used to be a DBA back in the day. And whilst my problems were solved just by putting an SSD in the server back 10 years ago when I was doing that, I can imagine how things have come on. Certainly some of the, the, the SQL scripts that I was running back in the day used to take 36 hours to run. And and the more senior DBA in the team used to have to sit there and nurse most of it because it would go wrong halfway through and he'd have to go and change it, figure out where it left off and go and kick it off again. Whereas these days, the transactional nature of the databases and how quick, you want to get as much bang for your butter as it was. So, so some really cool technologies, particularly those ones, and, and very much resonated with me because I could feel the problem they were trying to solve. So, so you raised a couple of interesting points, and Jason, I'd, I'd like to come to you with this, just, just for your view on it. Um, you know, because again, as somebody who's been there from a, a company who has presented at these kind of events with a solution to a problem, I thought there's a couple of really interesting points there that, that Barry made. I thought one thing that was was covered, um, and I thought actually, um, I, and sorry, and I forget the presenter's name, but the the guy, the database guy who presented from NetApp, I thought did a really interesting job with this, where he talked about um, the idea that. We've maybe we've become lazy in this as an industry as we found faster and faster technology. We've used that to beat to death a problem as opposed to properly looking at a problem and saying, How do I solve this 
in, you know, how, how do I solve the, the cause of this problem as opposed to hiding the cause because I can buy a load of really fast disk? Um, and so, you know, so, so I don't know whether that's something that you see in the industry in general. Um, and, and also maybe as, a, as an addition to that, you know, this idea of solving, as Max touched on as well, solving problems that don't necessarily exist. You know, did, did you see some, some you know, did, did you feel all of the, the vendors were, were providing solutions to problems that actually do exist or, or, or did we end up down some rabbit holes that maybe we didn't maybe we're not that relevant right now i would say uh you know a little bit of both there are definitely rabbit holes uh that that were gone down um and you know once again kind of echo and i think nasuni nasuni's solving a problem right they're solving a problem that customers have today and uh that 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 was exciting to see but then also kind of you know like piggybacking on top of nasuni you see companies like hammerspace that are working on trying to basically anticipate the problems based on kind of what Nasuni is seeing today on how are those going to uh, uh, position themselves tomorrow when we're talking about Kubernetes and how you store data and, you know, all of those components. Actually, I'm looking forward to Cloud Field Day. Um, I already know a couple of companies are going to present there that are going to be talking kind of about those similar types of problems. Um, There are, you know, specifically about the NetApp question. Like, I love that presentation too. When you got a DBA up there talking about DBA problems, I mean, that's fun because that is that, that is literally a real world problem that there are real world solutions to. Um, and one of the things, you know, that I loved about that is it, like, here, here's a real world solution to a real world problem. Okay, so um, that said, are we masking a lot of inefficiencies within the system by throwing more hardware at it, bigger hardware at it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorites and anybody that knows me know that I, you know, uh, I'm a nerd. I like to geek out. I like internet RFCs. My favorites RFC 1925, the 12 networking truce. It was written by Ross Callen, uh, when he was at deck, uh, back in 1996. And it was written as an April fool's day joke. It was written on, so it was published like, you know, on, on uh, the April 1st and it's the 12 networking truths. There's a lot of wisdom in there, but truth number 12 is in protocol design, perfection hasn't been reached when there's nothing left to add, but there's nothing left to take away. And when you think about how we are solving problems or how, you know, like, in, in uh, the NetApp example, how, how is that problem getting solved? Oh, you throw more hardware at it. Well, why don't you make a more efficient query? Why don't you build better code, right? And the thing is, hardware is getting fast enough. When we're, you know, Intel's in there talking about Optane and they're talking about PMIM and they're talking about microsecond latencies. Now, here's the interesting thing. I used to give a talk on this talking about how efficient the software stack needs to be to deliver, you know, like the ability to write ones and zeros to a disk underneath in a storage subsystem. And the way when you start basically putting these layers of abstraction on top of a layer of abstraction, on top of a layer of abstraction, on top of a layer of abstraction, guess what? The software becomes a bottleneck when you put it on Optane, right? And so the entire industry needs to rethink this and kind of a broader concern that I have is more and more um, we aren't teaching the right low level skills in, 
you know, the colleges, universities, and everybody, we're talking about low code, no code stuff now. And I'm just like, I'm scared to hell that people still don't know assembler, right? (laughs) You need, you need assembly language knowledge to understand how hardware works. And so from that perspective of making things more efficient, it's going to be harder and harder as we go forward from an industry perspective to make things more efficient when people don't understand where the efficiency comes from in the first place. So, so it may make you feel it may make you feel better to know, Jason, or not, uh, that my very first IT book was about writing assembly code. Um, so, so when I was a kid. Now the problem is I don't remember a word of it, um, but you know it, it's the thought that counts. So, um, so, I, so there's two things I want to do. Is I, I appreciate we're coming to kind of the end of our recording time here. So, um, I've got a question for Max, and then maybe for um, all of you to think about is uh, we'll we'll do a quick kind of round the table to see what your your main takeaway from Storage Field Day was, you know, and and how you think it's going to impact the storage industry and, and, and IT in general over the, ne- the next 12, 24 months, as though any of us could guess what the next 12, 24 months is going to look like, because uh, none of us guessed in January last year what the next 12 months were going to look like, did we? Um, so, um, Max, so, so something that um, and kind of everybody's touched on this, um, and it was something that was brought up, and, and myself and you, um, uh, me, you, and, and Jason appeared on a, um, a podcast with the Storage Field Day team uh, before the event where we talked about this concept of storageless storage um so i don't want to replay that whole thing because i can put a link in the show notes to the uh, uh the podcast that we did before the show um but i thought what was quite interesting and I, and I saw this on a couple of occasions that there seemed to be there was a shift in some of that conversation around designing technology that was focused around data primarily not necessarily about technology so solving data problems um so i mean was that something that you saw there as well or was that just me who thought that and you know who thought that actually that data focused approach was was becoming increasingly clear amongst vendors uh, I would say that this, this data focus approach is becoming uh, very, uh, very much, uh, it seems very clear, actually. To, to get back to what Barry said at the beginning, my first field day was in 2016, I think, very early, maybe, maybe yeah, something like that. And at the time, everything was focused, as Barry said, around virtualization. So it was VMware, 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 more, more or less. And we've seen that everything we are talking about now is, you know, whether it's containers, whether it is about Nasuni, what we're seeing with moving files around, it's, it has turned pretty much into a data discussion. Now, storageless is, uh, you know, a, a controversial term, which I think serves Hammerspace well because it creates some controversy and people talk about that, you know, and record podcasts and talk about it even right now. But if you think about it, it is pretty much about data. Containers ultimately is about application portability and to some extent also about data portability. You know, you need to, to get that moved somewhere around as well. Uh, when, when you talk about storage these days, it, it is not just a conversation about primary storage, but you're also talking about secondary storage. And as soon as you start talking about secondary storage or object storage or file storage, you're talking about data management. What we do with that? In fact, one of the uh, the most common complaints when you're talking about some kind of storage system that is just not, you know, uh, the primary storage in a way, everybody, all of the analysts start asking, okay, fine, but th- what do we do next? Do we have some data management capabilities here? Do you, can you run some kind of analytics on your data and so on? We've seen that with the new Nasuni, right? They were proposing they have this kind of data uh, connector and it's great, but can they go beyond that? You know, does it make strategically sense or not? 
So that will be kind of my, my view on that. We're, we're talking about data these days, but do we have the capabilities, you know, to really analyze this data? I don't know. Yes. Yeah, so, well, uh, well, before we move away from that talk, because I think it is an interesting topic, I, you know, Barry, Jason, uh, any, any thoughts around that as well? I mean, from, from, from my side, I got lost at the beginning of the presentation. To, I'll be completely honest with you, storage less, it was the first time I'd come across it at the beginning there, and that was like a, whoa, we're talking about storage less, and we're talking about storage terms to talk about something called storage less. And, and I just had an internal battle as well as trying to understand what everyone's other point of view was. Um, and, and, and part of my role is marketing. So I, I'm normally quite connected to these marketing terms as a high-level description for it. So I, I struggled with the term. Um, However, this approach of looking at the data and the value in the data, the piece of storage field day where it really did click for me was the last two minutes of Hammerspace's presentation where they connected the uh, file storage for their organization to AWS with a few clicks, few lines of code in, in that example. And they were able to use AI services in AWS to analyze the data and get value out of what in most organizations is a black hole of files and data that you really will never get any insight into. And that kind of then made me think, hold on a minute, this is a whole new thing. If I can release um, data, uh, release value from data that is hidden in our systems, then this is a whole game changer. You would change your complete storage strategy for something that allowed you to release that because you get business value from it. So that piece of that was really exciting and, and allowed me to think in a completely different way yeah i, I wholeheartedly agree actually Barry. I, th- I think that you know I, max kind of touched on it that the phrase storageless is is there to generate discussion and i think actually just for that reason it's a phrase we're throwing about because i think it does generate the important discussion you're, you're talking about there about thinking about data and outcomes um i mean jason I, it was was that something that resonated with you as well is that a shift that you're starting to see yeah i mean and the uh to- totally like you. I mean, like the storageless thing. That's uh, it's. A, they keep asking, is it is it a marketing term or is this got legs? Is this going to stand up? I'm like, it's a marketing term, right? Uh, it's a, it's absolutely a marketing term. Um, but that said, you know, Barry, just like you, the uh, you know the the last few minutes. And here's by the way. So for any vendors getting ready to present on Tech Field Day, 15 minutes of slides, then a demo. Show us what you're actually doing. Because all of us are IT practitioners. We are the people that actually go out and do stuff. So guess what? We want to see you doing something. I don't want to see it running on. So th- there, are three, there are three levels of development at, at any, any particular uh, uh, piece of a project. Part number one, it runs in Photoshop. Part number two, it runs in PowerPoint. Part number three, it actually runs. It's a product. It works. We want to see number three first right <laughs> it's like so so all nerds all nerds unite and say you know what show us what your product really does don't don't show us in pictures what it does show us because we could draw those pictures if you want to do you know 15 minutes worth of slides to say hey look here's a diagram of how things are going to flow do it that way we had uh, you know when, when i was at, when i was at scale that was our rule for tech field day presentations you know what? 15 minutes for a corporate overview, jump into a demo <clears throat> immediately. Jump into a demo because that's that's what that's why we do tech field day. This is not marketing field day. Right. And um, so, you know, one of the things that I would say to all vendors is 
is push the technical piece up front, you know, and, and the people that are watching the tech field days, the people that are participating in the tech field days from the delegate perspective, have a better idea of what you do when you show us what you do from either a command line, a UI, the GUI, whatever it happens to be, uh, show us that. And, uh, you know, to follow up on, on basically the marketing piece, another RFC 1925 classic, truth number 11, every old idea will be proposed again with a new name and a new presentation, whether or not it ever worked in the first place. That's so true. Um, in fact, there's two things I've taken from that. One is must run runs in Photoshop as a first stage. I love that. I've never heard that phrase before. Um, and yeah, that the, the uh, yeah the, those those things um, those things we've all heard them once, and they will come around and haunt you yet again. Um, I think I, is very I, very I've true. Seen multiple VP, VC pitches that run great in Photoshop and PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. uh, well I, um I, you know we, we're kind of running out of time here so um i just wanted to get from each of you then kind of one key takeaway that um so, something you heard one of the vendors say perhaps and something that you think um is maybe something that will be a continued topic throughout 2021 into 2022 perhaps so being as we're talking jason may as well start with you you know so have you got a, a what, what was the one thing that jumped out to you um I think it kind of comes back to the, uh, there are a multitude of vendors out there that are creating opportunities for other vendors. Um, and this is, this is a great opportunity for new startups in the field. I mean, startup is like near and dear to my heart. You know, another kind of group that I'm involved with is, is called the founders network. And, you know, at the founders network, you know, we, we are helping to foster, you know, entrepreneurs into, into opportunities like this. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs um, that are looking in exactly these kind of spaces, right? And like, how do I go do this? It was a good opportunity for me to see a lot of these companies to basically help other founders start new companies. And I think the, you know, what, what I saw from this is there are a lot of tools that are being provided that are going to basically make a broader ecosystem for new startups that are actually coming out. Yeah, I think that's a great point, you know, and I think there was a lot of that, you know, those, those kind of underlying architecture companies, you know, that's hard to say with Intel because we've all heard of Intel. Um, but, you know, if we take somebody like Minio, you know, the idea that they are making themselves known so that organizations who need that kind of technology know where to go for it. So, so I think that's a great point. Um, uh, Max, what about you? Was there, was this a key takeaway for you? Yeah, so a couple takeaways for me. I mean, in terms of presentations, companies which are presenting, I really, really uh, loved what Intel did. Uh, because, uh, as Barry said, we went from here's a product which has uh, certain characteristics and which is very fast. We got the hero numbers. I've been covering Optane for quite a while from going from outspoken critic into someone who absolutely loves what Optane does. I think it goes to, as everything, understanding things. Uh, but uh, we, we got a demonstration of what it actually solves and I think that we're going to continue hearing about Optane in the years to come, definitely. Uh, Nasuni was great as well. Um, uh, I, I've been covering that, by the way. I got so excited about that. So that's uh, said and done. And, and maybe the, the other thing as well was that uh, that's perhaps more of a kind of perception than I, that I had, which is that some, some companies try to do a lot of things at the same time. I'm not seeing that only at field day, but I'm seeing that with other companies which I have a chance to interact with. Sometimes you come across a company which tries to do a few, uh, several things and it is not their core business. So sometimes maybe 
some vendors need to look at what is my core business, what, I'm, what is the problem I'm trying to address, and refocus on that. You know, sometimes there are efforts to try to catch up with what the competition is doing, uh, trying to build in some uh, features into the products, so doing kind of in-house development of something that already exists outside and which works way better. So my takeaway perhaps there is, why don't uh, vendors, uh, if I was a vendor, I would try to do that, you know, look at what my core business is and make sure that I focus my development resources on improving the product instead of trying to catch up with too many things around that. I think that's a um, that, that, I think that's a great point as well. You know, there's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of in being good at one thing. You know, I think there's there's no problem with that at all. So um, yeah, a, a great tip. And and Barry, to wrap up, you know, what, what was uh, what was a key takeaway for you? So, so I've seen my role um, attending things like uh, field days as putting my shoes in in the same shoes as administrators all over the world, storage administrators, and and a lot of people aren't just storage administrators. The, 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 the roles have diversified over time. And I think one of the most important things that I take away from Storage Field Day is to remove any preconceptions as to what is possible with storage. If you're very connected with what you have there in front of you and what you believe is possible, whether that's a performance limitation or a file system limitation or something like that, you end up with a very closed mindset where your innovation, your ability to deliver something for your business is held back by the preconceptions that you may have. And attending something like Field Day for me, all of a sudden I realized Intel got more performance than we could ever need kind of thing. We've got Nasuni and Hammerspace. Well, hold on a minute. My preconceptions of what is possible with a file system um, uh, across the globe is is there. So so forget those preconceptions you've got and release your mind. And then I suppose to, to go to Max's point is to the vendors, be very clear as to what problem you're addressing, who you're addressing it for as quickly as possible. And, and I think as, as Jason kind of said, that first golden 15 minutes, which Lots of people that attend field days, come on, get get to the tech, get to the bit underneath it, because lots of people that are on the panel already know the marketing stuff. They already know the marketing slides, but I always secretly kind of sit there very quietly and go, I quite like this bit. I quite like that positioning because I, I'm I'm not like like some of you guys out there in the storage industry all the time. So I like that positioning. And, I th- and we, we, we've given a lot of love to Nasuni already, but I think it was Anne Blanchard from Nasuni. And a, a number of us were saying this on the back channel is, gosh, this lady just smashed it. She told us exactly what we needed to know in those first 15 minutes to key up the rest of them. And absolutely smashed it and i really think that kind of to max's point what problem is this solving where, where do i need to be getting my mindset going for the rest of this presentation I, I think that is really important and pulls into my first point of remove your limitations because other things are now possible i, I, mean, I think that's a great way to wrap up barry actually because um you know i'm with you 100 i think you know in the roles that lots of us have and and people probably listening or watching this show you know they're, they're in roles where they're making decisions around it they're architects and solutions for their businesses and sometimes I find that, that we often, obviously not people listening and watching to us because they're open-minded enough to be doing this, but I do think I, I often will meet people who are a little bit close to that kind of thing. They see their problem, they see their challenge, and you know, and I, and I get it. We're busy, you know, the busy lives in and outside of work, and it, it's not often easy to take additional time to go and look at something like a storage field day. But but I'm kind of with you, you know, be open-minded about that kind of stuff. Make that a priority as part of your job to go and learn, whether it's field day events, whether it's vendor conferences, whether it's general tech conferences, whether it's local community events, whether it's the kind of blogs and podcasts that you guys put together or, you know, the analyst work that, you know, that, that you guys do. 
there's always lots of useful information there. So, um, so, so I think that's a great way to wrap up, Barry. And, and gents, you know, we, we've kind of run out of time here. Um, we've only scratched the surface of, of what you get to cover in the storage field day. So I'll make sure that there'll be loads of content coming from each of the gentlemen here today. Um, the videos will all be up there from each of the vendors. So I'll make sure that goes in the show notes so you can go and find them yourselves. Um, but guys, look, thanks for coming and sharing your thoughts. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for being on Tech Interviews. Um, second time for Barry, I think first time for, for Jason and, uh, and Max. But um, I look forward to having you all again on at some point in the future. So, gents, thanks very much. And uh, thanks for being on Tech Interviews. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. If you've got an idea for a show, would like to appear as a guest, then why not email me at podcast at techstringy.com. And to make sure you catch the next Tech Interviews, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe in all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify, and of course over on YouTube. So, until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.